Fantasy Spurs Cast, episode 603. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs social media contributor, Mac Pena. In this episode, Mac and I will discuss the Spurs in their last three games, the latest on LaMarcus Aldridge's departure, and the slow starts for the Spurs this season. So before we begin, uh, Mac is our, one of our new guests here on the Spurs cast. Uh, he just joined our team this, this past season uh, over at Project Spurs. Uh, Mac, can you give the, the listeners kind of some background um, on, on how you joined our team and, and you know, what, you're, what you're helping out with Project Spurs? Yeah, so... Um I'm, well, first of all, you know, I'm super excited to join the prestigious, you know, the the Project Spurs network. Um, it, it, I guess I think you guys were probably one of the first Spurs-related um, social media sites that you know to follow, and I think that you know I've I've definitely watched y'all grow over or watched now us because I'm part of you guys now. Yeah. Uh, I think I've definitely watched you guys grow, and, and it's just. It's it's definitely one of the, the first places you go to whenever you're, you're looking for Spurs media, Spurs content, and um, so you know I've dabbled in a little bit of of contributing. You know I contributed to, to News Four a little bit, and, and Jeff has been has kind of been that uh, the guiding light throughout the entire thing. And you know through Jeff, you know I I met Mike um, Mike, and then you know the rest of the, the rest of the cast, and um, and so you know just exchanging pleasantries here and there and talking to Mike um you know when I noticed that they had the social media opening um I definitely wanted to to get back into into the saddle and start contributing at least not only to you know my own projects on the side you know the little things that I do have um but I wanted to be a part of a bigger network so that way you know I can I can learn and grow and and see what other what other people are doing um and be a part of a team you know that way it's just is so that way I can further my experience and what I'm doing uh, this is something that I'm not doing for my career because I have my own career on the side but it's just it's something that I'm doing just because I enjoy it and you know I enjoy that network and the camaraderie that we get out of it um so you know and so when Mike presented the opportunity for me to join uh you know I took it and I wanted to you know I really really wanted to be a part of the team so I've been extremely happy with with uh with what I've done and you know hopefully I can contribute some more and and do some more things uh with uh you know, with, with, with Project Spurs altogether. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I would just tell Spurs cast listeners, if you've been seeing uh, Ben Bornstein's pieces on the draft uh, prospects, Mac, you've, you've been the one who's been doing a lot of those graphics, right, on those? Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what I've been I've been focused yeah. on right now. Um, and then, you know, so we'll do – sometimes it's either myself or Josh that are doing the live tweeting for the games. Um, and, you know, that's that's been a fun interaction, like, with the fans directly, just kind of keeping keeping that going. Um, and then, you know, Josh, my, my counterpart, is, is, has been doing a whole lot of work for uh, for the social media side. And so it's it's kind of that dynamic, d- dynamic one-two punch between us two. And so it's it's been a lot of fun so far. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely check out his work, Spurs cast listeners. Again, it's, uh, it's all over projectspurs.com. If you look at a lot of our different um, gra- graphics that we have up there, Max been contributed to those. And of course, if you follow us on, on the social media sites, you can you can see his work as well. And now he's helping us. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into this episode, Mac. Um, you know, the, since the last time I recorded, which was on a Saturday, uh, the Spurs have played three games since then. Um, and I will note that all of these games were without DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he has been away from the team. We know that he was, um, you know, attending the funeral for his father who passed away recently. And then Coach Pop says that, you know, they're trying to get him back into the rotation, but it's difficult to 
because of the COVID um, issues where they have to make sure that, they, that the players that were out um, you know, away from the team have to clear so many days. So, so these past three games, the Spurs have not had uh, DeRozan as part of their group. So let's go back to Sunday, first of all. Um, so this is not a good night for the Spurs. Uh, they lost by 35 against the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> uh, no Joel Embiid for Philly, but it didn't matter. I mean, it, it was really that third quarter. It was just uh, the Spurs got blown away. They, were, they, were, um, they, they let Philly score 46 points, and the Spurs only scored 21. So that was pretty much your ballgame there. Then on Monday, the Spurs bounced back on the second night of a back-to-back with a win in Detroit by, by 10 points, but it was a pretty comfortable win. Um, the Spurs led by as many as 23 points, and they had a really good dominant defensive night where they held Detroit to 99 points. Then on Wednesday, uh, the Spurs got a comeback victory against the Chicago Bulls. They won by seven, but the reason why, why that one's extraordinary is just the fact that no lead against for, for an opponent opposing team, no, no lead aside from 23 points is, is safe anymore for an opposing team because the Spurs <laughs> showed that they can come back from a 23-point deficit deficit and you know it's cool because for me you know that i like to talk about stats and stuff and i have these little trackers on, on my spreadsheets and one of them is like how, what's the spurs record when they go down by 10 then what's it when they go down by 15 and they've had two comeback wins this year by 16 points that's been their biggest um you know margin to come back from but last night was that 23 point um comeback in second quarter where they were down um by 23 and they ended up um you know out the reason why they made that comeback was a superb offense in the fourth but then also their, their locked out defense in the fourth where they um they outscored chicago 39 19 and then over Overall, they hold the Bulls to... Uh, 99 points so you know overall uh, through 37 games the Spurs are 21 and 16 uh, just barely past the halfway point of the season they're still seventh place out west they really haven't moved in the standings uh, you know offense has pretty much remained the same 20th on offense even without DeRozan they're kind of just stalling out on offense Not, nothing's been any prog- progress but defensively they're still ninth overall however they've actually w- without DeRozan they've actually gone up to like fourth or fifth uh, defensively so kind of just give me some of your takeaways and some of your thoughts on these last three games yeah, I mean, I think overall, we've seen that the Spurs can stay resilient even against uh, like um, these high-powered offensive offensive teams. Like Detroit, obviously. Well, first, I guess we can start with the Sixers. Obviously, the Sixers are one of the, the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in in, in the entire NBA. Uh, even without uh, Joel Embiid, who's potentially one of the MVP candidates, um, you know, uh, along with Harden and probably Chris Paul or something, um, but. It, that was just i mean they came back from uh, i believe that was the first game back from um from their covid uh, not not covid i'm sorry um was that the first game back from uh they, they had a mad the game against the mavericks before that oh, before yeah, yeah. all-star break yeah yeah so so it was like the second game back from from the all-star break i mean they were still still trying to get in everything I, I think uh some of the guys were still out so obviously that game wasn't very good um but we saw against the Pistons team and against the Bulls team how resilient this this team is, um, and and how how high powered they can be themselves. So against the Pistons, and this Pistons team isn't like a, they're they're not a pushover team either. They beat some of them, some some really good teams. Um, I think they beat the Lakers. They they beat the Clippers as well, um, and they beat the Nets as as well. So it's like this Pistons team is is no slouch, even though they're you know they're still struggling in, in their own conference. But you know they can still have some good games. Um, and then against the Bulls, the Bulls were coming off of a few a few good wins, um, and it looked like their team was clicking, um, especially in the the past few games that they had. Um, you know, Zach Levine was dropping thirty, forty points, and he was just an, a, 
scoring machine ever since his all-star appearance um and then everybody else is contributing like Sadoransky, uh thaddeus young and even laurie uh laurie Markinen, they were all contributing so this team looked really really good coming into um uh, coming into the game fortunately for the spurs i think they they got them um that back-to-back really hurt the bulls because you started seeing it in the fourth quarter where the spurs started locking them down a little bit more and they had the fresher legs where uh you know they were able to make those defensive plays and the defensive stops um i think one of the big things that with that that's that's everybody is starting to notice is that these the Spurs are are not very consistent, especially in um, in the beginning stages of the, of the game. Mm-hmm. I, they usually you know they come out and they start really really slow and they usually get get themselves in a ten point deficit and then they have to they 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 come back. It's usually the even the even frames that they do really really well in. So like the second and the fourth quarter that they do well, um, and then for some reason the first and the third. It's just those like those slow starts really put them down. And, and it hurts them. And I think that contributes to some of their, you know, the fact that they're 20th in offense because they can't get going very well and consistently. Um, but we did see that that their defense was absolutely clamps um, come the fourth quarter against the Bulls. And that's why, you know, that's exactly that ignited that fourth quarter run and, and ultimately them winning was because of the fact that they, they, they locked down on defense. They started making, you know, making the Bulls, you know, get their shots, um, you know, in, in tough spots. And so, um, I think once they start figuring out, and, and, and I think a lot of this inconsistency can be contributed to, to the rotations. Um, and the fact that, you know, the lineups haven't been as consistent as some of these other teams have had, um, you know, with, with DeRozan being out, um, with Aldridge being back and forth. And now ultimately, you know, they said that they're going to either trade him or buy him out. Um, you know, with, uh, Derek White being out, um, and then all the COVID injury or the COVID rest that they they had to, you know, there's a there's been a lot of uh, hodgepodginess with with this lineups, and so I think going into it or, or hopefully the Spurs start peaking at the right moment, you know, hopefully they stay in in contention for playoffs or even a play in uh, one of the playing seeds, um, and that way they can hopefully um, at that point start peaking at that point, not peak too peak, peak too soon. Yeah, and one of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about was that uh, you know last the last episode I, ha- I had discussed how how the Spurs were pretty much dominating the East and, and it, it wasn't going to look so good if they had lost to the Bulls and then also the Sixers. Now now the one like you kind of mentioned, Philly's a really good team to actually number one in the East, and so the Spurs' two losses in the East have only been to um, Philly and the Nets, and of course those are two of the dominant teams out East. Absolutely. And then and then you know they just looked so comfortable against Detroit where they had like I said they had a twenty three point lead. At one, they did have to make a little bit of a comeback. You know Detroit had their, their early part of the game like you mentioned. San Antonio kind of stalled out at the beginning, but then they looked pretty comfortable you could you could call that a win pretty early and then to show that that they could come back against this bulls team like you mentioned you know chicago kind of ran out of gas there in the fourth but also you could just see the spurs's defensive intensity pick up you know midway through the third when they got within like 13 points of chicago that's when you kind of like oh wait a minute this is getting interesting now yes. and of course yes. you could just see those young players dejounte kelton johnson uh, uh lonnie walker they were just playing lockdown defense and the fourth and they were very physical with the bulls defense and you could just tell them almost like like you just turned up their defensive intensity and so they were able to to make that that comeback and the bulls just looked like a really young team at the end the fourth quarter where they just didn't know what to do they were throwing passes all over the place so yeah so so that's a good thing that you can see the spurs make this comeback and and again they've made several comebacks now this is i believe their third comeback now over over 16 oh yeah because it's 16 16 now 23 so this is this shows that this team despite not having a lot of shooting and despite having a lot of offensive issues uh they're actually when they lock down on defense they can get themselves back into a ball game yeah i think there was a graphic that um that they put on yesterday that showed there was like five or six teams that have more than uh like uh, I think it was, uh, I believe, more than eight 
eight wins or eight comeback wins with the 10 point deficit and the Spurs were up there. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the highest ones, I think they had eight plus or eight more than eight wins with, uh, with a 10 plus deficit. And then yesterday's 23 point deficit coming back and winning, you know, that was number nine. So that would put them in, into one of the top teams that, um, that, that, come back even from larger deficits which is great and it shows i think this is one thing that that it shows that's different about this team than it was in years past is the resiliency is like this young team um they have a lot of that fight and you saw it with Dejounte in the fourth i think he he had he he tried to steal a pass and then i think it, it went out of bounds or, or something like that but he ended up disrupting the play is what essentially had happened and then like they, they got a frame on him real quick real tight and he was you could see the 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 emotion in his face and he was like let's go let's go and so it's it shows that that one he's taking that leadership role and and being that that front man you know for the entire team mm-hmm. and two it's shown that this team is is way different in the sense that they've they will continue to fight no matter what you know no matter how far they're down they'll continue to fight and it's been a lot different from you know previous years at least within in the last couple of years where we kind of saw this team which just kind of just fizzle out and not do anything and and it just looked like they got defeated um this year it's different i mean we've seen we've seen them come down i mean the bulls is a perfect example the entire game from the first to the third frame did not look good it was just it was just one of those those games i was like oh well the bulls are going to make everything you know we can't stop them it just seems like there's a there's a lid on the on the rim for us and it's just you know it's tough but come that third quarter at the end of that third quarter they brought it within 10 or at least 13 i think it was something like that something minimal mm-hmm. or at least um, achievable reachable and and yet, you know, starting that fourth quarter, I think they went on like a, a, a ten to zero run, um, you know, within the first like two or three minutes, and and at you know at that point, boom, it was just it was all hands on deck, and you can see the intensity from Spurs, even even the bench guys. So it was just it's it's a it's a different, an entirely different um, Spurs team that we're seeing this year as as opposed to you know years past. Yeah, and just one more thing before we move on is, uh, you know, just each player has like their own like little like momentum, I guess, factor that they bring to the to the table when they're making these comebacks. You know, first segment there last night, you saw Jakob Pertl have multiple plays on a possession, then Patty Mills hit a bunch of threes and yep. get steals. You guys see, like you mentioned, Murray, uh, Keldon Johnson had had a swing. So it's just again, they had just have different players, whether they're starting or off the bench, who just really contribute and can and can make these comebacks happen. And again, we're going to discuss a little bit about these slow starts because these are actually pretty consistent as well, and we'll get into that in a bit. So let's go ahead and um, update the listeners. Um, uh, Mac on uh, the the Lamarcus Aldridge update on, on where he stands right now. So we do know, like you mentioned earlier, that they are going to try to trade him uh, before the trade deadline on March 25th, or they're going to have to buy him out. So uh, here's the latest reports as of Thursday morning, which you and I are recording this on a Thursday evening. Um, the latest news I've seen on Lamarcus today is uh, Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, uh, said that um, he, he reported that the Heat actually wanted Rudy Gay or PJ Tucker, but the Spurs' um, asking price for Rudy Gay in a trade was was too high for Miami to want to match. Uh, so Miami ended up this week um, trading. Trevor Reza, I mean, trading for Trevor Reza from Oklahoma City. So, so we did see again that the Heat wanted Rudy Gay, but they ended up moving on to Reza because the Spurs was asking uh, a trade package was too much. Uh, the only thing they noted about um, Barry Jackson noted about Lamarcus was he says uh, trade conversations involving the Spurs as Lamarcus Aldridge also went nowhere. So, so we see here that that the Heat really can't put a package together right now for for Aldridge. Um, 
some other news this past week since I last recorded. On Monday, Sham Sharani wrote that uh, he says that the, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Blazers um, would all want to you know try, try to work with, on, on signing LaMarcus Aldridge if he's bought out. But again, right now we're focused on seeing if the Spurs can trade him. Uh, also on Monday, um, uh, Sam Amick of The Athletic uh, reported that um, he said five teams firm, uh, that are, are firmly in the mix for LaMarcus, and his sources do think that San Antonio can find a trade by, by the deadline day, which is March 25th. Uh, and then the last thing to note is that um, you know a week ago now, actually it's been over a week, uh, Woj was one who, who reported you know that, that he thought that a, from his sources that a deal could get done within the week. Well, now it's actually past the week. We've seen now now a week go by, and, and LaMarcus is still in the Spurs. And that, like I mentioned, a lot of the trade rumors we've seen, there's really been no traction. It's been more so all the teams are pointing to the fact that they'd rather just uh, have him bought out. So what, what have your thoughts been on some of these rumors and, and with seven days to go before the deadline? You know... <laughs> I would love for the Spurs to, to get something in return. Um, I know that there's some people out there that are that would rather they just um, they'd rather just say, hey, you know what, just buy him out, uh, or, or or you know, like just just hold on to him. I mean, at this point, you can't hold on to him, you know, because yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. the die has been cast already. You can't. I mean, they've already Pop has publicly come out and said we are going to trade him or find you know a. a another home for him that's you know that's better suited for him and, and for him to play so so like at this point you can't keep him so um i mean for me personally i think it comes down to the fact that like look if you if you aren't going to get something that that's that you're going to find value in i mean whatever i mean <laughs> I, I for for me because because of how how like covert ops the spurs are I kind of tend to to not buy into any of the reports, whether they're good or bad. I I, I mean, I, I just sit back and I'm I'm just waiting. It's kind of like that that that, that meme where you know Michael Jackson's sitting back and eating popcorn because it's like mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying the time. I'm 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 enjoying what's going on. Like, hey, there's finally some something going on mid season since you know 2014 when the Spurs um, traded for for Austin Day. Um, so it's finally there's something going on that's that's happening behind the scenes that either should happen either potentially there's a buyout or either potentially there's a trade whether something you know whether one of those two happen that's fine i'm just happy that the spurs are actually looking forward to the future and just saying you know what hey we've got to cut our losses here so whether alders does get bought out which is seemingly likely going to happen like that's more increasing every day um i you know i think it's I mean, I'm I'm good with that. At the same time, if they trade him and if they only get like a second rounder and <clears throat> and a filler, then hey, that's fine too. I thought that it, what I was interested in was that Rudy Gay um, was the Rudy Gay mention or um, article about him. You know, them wanting a little bit more than than what they got than what Miami got for Trevor Ariza, which was Myers Leonard and a and a second rounder. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that the Spurs are, are valuing or valuing Rudy Gay for for more than that um now I mean I don't have Trevor Reese's stats in front of me but I don't think he's he's doing as well as Rudy whether it's defensively or whether it's you know shooting wise but I, I could be wrong you know I think uh I think he's I mean I think Rudy Gay would 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 play into their their play style a lot better um but if the you know if the if the Heat didn't want him for whatever they were asking, I'm more interested in, in that. Like, hey, what were the Spurs asking for Rudy Gay that made the Heat say, you know what, that's too, you know, that's too rich for my blood at this point right now? And whether or not that affected the whole Lamarcus Aldridge trade as well. 
Yeah, no, no. So I'm with you. On, I mean, I, I agree with you on, on two points here. And one of them was, uh, you know, just the fact that it's it's just really difficult to trade Lamarcus at this point. You know, we talked about this on Saturday uh, in detail about, um, you know, just the, the different obstacles for, for why a trade is difficult. For one, it's a $24 million salary. One, you know, the team that he's on right now couldn't even use him because he's a defensive liability. So, you know, you're bringing him in only to give him more prominent role on your offense So if you're a team. And then two is, uh, the third point is just that, like, you know, it's tough because the Spurs just taking back players, you really need three players in any kind of package back for Lamarcus from most teams. And so that's difficult because the Spurs have to worry about, you know, trying to trade another player somewhere or waving someone, you know, do they want to wave someone like Drew Eubanks? Well, no, because Eubanks is actually playing very well for them. So it just, it's just really tough to move Lamarcus. And so I think that's why we see more reports leading toward, toward the buyout. And, you know, and we've seen more players, you know, that are probably going to get bought out as well. You know, we saw Blake Griffin already get bought out. Uh, we might see Andre Drummond if they, if the, if the Cavs can't trade him as well. So, I mean, it just any player north of $20 million in salary, I mean, it's really tough to, to move these guys right now uh, midway through the season. So I think that's why, you know, we don't see as much reports of, of, of packages being built between the Spurs and different teams. Uh, and then one thing, um, you know, you, you commented on that I want to make sure I mention is that, you know, we did see reports um, just, I think, right before All-Star break where, where, where uh, I think it was Shams who reported that, you know, all the Spurs vets are getting um, trade calls where it's yep. uh, DeRozan, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, and, and Trey Lyles. So from, from that reporting, the Spurs are only taking calls on these players. We're not saying that they're being aggressive and, shop, and shopping these players. And, and, I, and I really think that the asking price is high for Rudy, Patty, and DeRozan. I think that if the Spurs are going are, are gonna to pull the trigger and trade for trade any of those players, it has to be um, some sort of package where they're getting a better player for their team right now. Because I think that those three players are incremental for, for, their, for their playoff that they're, they're trying to get into this year. And, and I could see them just staying competitive. And sure, they may lose those three players in the offseason if they go sign elsewhere. But I think that you know, in order for them to move either of those three players, I think that it has to be a player or, or someone who's going to make their team currently um, better. So I, that's, why, that's why I think maybe they did ask Miami for like an actual rotation player who, who Miami didn't want to give up right now. Um, you know, because again, that's where I think what, what on, on, on they, where they see Rudy, DeMar, and um, Patty. Whereas Lamarcus and Trey Lyles, well, then hey, you know, if, if they can get an asset right now, like a second round pick or something, then I think you're, you're right. I think they pulled the trigger and, and, they, and they make that move. But of course, we do see that those teams, right now, there's not teams out there who, who want to give up. Um, those kind of assets for either, either uh, for Lamarcus right now at the moment, even though we haven't seen uh, Trace name in any kind of rumors. So let me ask you, ideally, like if you could play an NBA GM, like a 2K GM, where would you want him to go? Like realistically, like where would you where would you want him to go? Like would you want him to go back to Portland and maybe we get back like Zach Collins and Derek Jones Jr. and and somebody else? I mean, maybe Nasir Little or whatever, or would you want him to go to Boston and, and, pro- and just get like a second round pick because they have that trade exception? Um, I think even New York has a trade exception, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, where would you want to go? I mean, from the Spurs' perspective, I, I'd want to do any kind of deal where I, where either, you know, you don't mess up your cap books for next season where you have that $48 million in cap space, but, yep. you know, maybe you get a second round pick at best. Uh, from the other team's perspective, it just depends on, on what they want to do. If there's a team that's desperate that hasn't, that's missed the playoffs multiple years, then I would, you know, then I would try to put a package together to, to try to get LaMarcus. Uh, and even like Chicago was one of the teams on my list before last night's game, but then I saw, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. play well. I saw Laurie Markinen. I Saw Thaddeus Young, and those those are some of those players. They look are the players you, altogether. Yeah, that, that you have to put in, in to make his salary work. And I'm like, no, actually, Chicago's actually better. I, I don't think this Bulls team would be that much better with the Marcus. So again, I think it has to be a team that that value that that sees more value in him if they gave him a bigger role where they let him do his post ups and and still bring in his three point shooting. And and they're okay with losing something on the defensive end because that's really what a lot of teams are, are going to be have to do is sacrifice some so some defensive lapses if they bring in Lamarcus. So I, I don't know that there's a team out there. Like I said, um, you know, I could talk myself to a number of teams, and it just really depends on 
on who values him at, at what and at what kind of role on their team. You know, and I think one of the hardest things about um, about the Spurs or any any team trying to approach the Spurs and and, and making a trade is like is is a couple of things that Pop said. You know, he said that uh, or well, not said, but. Uh, yeah, actually, what he said, he's like, we're trying to find a team that's gonna that that Lamarcus is gonna be, or that, that that's gonna be mutually uh, agreeable between the both parties, you know. And so, we know from precedent, I don't think I don't think Pop and and the front office are gonna trade to any of the Western Conference teams. So that really, I mean, they might they might obviously, but from what we've seen in the past, they don't like to. So I think you know you would have to send him somewhere to the East, and even then, like at that point. Then we've seen reporting where some of these uh, these teams don't want to work with the Spurs because of the fact that they are the Spurs, and it just seems like the Spurs have or, or are are, are um, blacklisted from doing from making any trades because you know people don't like the fact that the Spurs are good. <laughs> so it's yeah, just, it's yeah, it's a tough situation, and that's why I'm saying. I mean, me for me personally, while I want a trade to happen, and you know, I'd be good for a couple of fillers or, or you know a couple of fillers in a second rounder. At this point right now, it's just like, you know what, just just do what you got to do, get him out. You know that he's going to, you know, you know that you want to do do right by him because of, you know, what he's done for the for the organization. So, hey, just just buy him out and let him go somewhere else. Let him go to a contender if he wants to. I mean, because I'm pretty sure, you know, one of the L.A. teams are going to try to pick him up. You know, maybe the Celtics will try to pick him up, you know, if they don't have to use that trade exception. I mean, there, there's going to be multiple people if you buy him out that are going to try to pick him up. Yeah, I don't know for sure, and and like and like you know, if it's for a contender, then it's going to be like he's got to realize you know it's going to be a very similar role to what the Spurs were doing, bringing him off the bench, you know, just getting some some minutes against backup units and hope that he can win a game for you. Or if it, whereas if he signs with like a team that's kind of just barely on the cusp of getting into playoffs, and then maybe there they can give him um, a larger role. So again, we'll kind of see what happens. And again, there's seven days now uh, before the trade de- trade deadline gets here. All right, so so um, one other topic I want to discuss here is uh, Demar Derozan. There was an interesting piece um, uh, by by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports where he reported. Something that really hasn't been catching him, you know, any, any reports lately, and that's a uh, he says that though the Spurs aren't looking at trading um, DeRozan right now, uh, that could change their stance if he and the Spurs can't come to an extension agreement before the trade deadline, which is in seven days. Now, the interesting thing and why this is odd is because you know he, he reports that there's currently no dialogue as of Monday uh, between the Spurs and DeRozan's camp on on, on getting a. Um, a, a, a trade, I mean, not a, a, a contract extension in place. And so, you know, again, if there's no, there's no dialogue, but then it looks like this is not going to happen basically with seven days left. Uh, you know, the Spurs, since they do have his bird rights, they can resign him up to a five year deal, uh, um, extension, you know, at max if they wanted to. Uh, we don't think it would be that long, but that, that's what they are able to. And then it's also important to keep in mind that they, um, they will have his full bird rights this coming off season when he's a free agent. And so if he wanted to return to San Antonio and they wanted to resign him with him, they could put a package together and they have his bird rights to do that. So what do you make of that? that that latest report about um you know trying to get a, a extension for DeRozan within these next seven days if not looking to trade him which is again the timings here it's very very <laughs> quickly approaching I mean I, I, for me I'm 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 in the I'm in the camp that uh with the exception of a few players and that's like maybe three players everybody can be tradable <laughs> at this point you know it's either like a, a full let's go full young cast and and see what they can get you and and start the you know start that future that future um, starting lineup um, that's going to go into the next few seasons or, you know, or just, just run what you have and let those um, and, 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 you know, open up the, let those contracts expire. I would, and I would rather see the Spurs get something of value, whether even it be a low first rounder or, um, you know, a second rounder 
and and possibly somebody else that can help because at, at this point right now like you have the spurs that are so f- front loaded in in a guard position where you have you only have one ball and so many minutes and shots to go around from all these guards that are doing really really well um even though DeRozan has been arguably the best player on the team and the most consistent player on the team um you know we've seen we've seen the Spurs really really become their their at least their offense become stagnant because they don't have an initiator like 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 Demar they don't have a playmaker like Demar, and so would I pay him you know if I was if I was RC you know and Brian Wright would I pay him that extension money? It, it, it depends on who you're looking to get to get one in the draft and who you're, you're planning to target. Um, in, in free agency. I think one of the things with, with DeMar is he has to have very specific people around him in order to make him successful. And those types of people that you need to, you need to um, address are going to be like a, like a, a power forward that can do both defend and stretch the floor, which is, you know, there's very few of them, you know, John Collins, um, Lauren Markinen, Christian Wood, you know, they're very specific prototypes of, of, big men that can do that and so if your plan is to build or if your plan is to re-sign DeMar you better address those needs and you better make sure you you go for those specific types of players that will um will make DeMar successful if your idea of of um of like chasing maybe another guard or going for you know a center that's like a prototypical center and just stays and grabs rebounds, that's not going to work with Demar's game. Um, and I think we've I mean, we've seen it in 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 Toronto where he, he wasn't not that he wasn't successful, but I mean he was just always encountering LeBron and, and never got past LeBron. And so it's like because he didn't have those specific you know uh, personnel around him. So. I'm all for for extending to uh, Demar. You know, hopefully it's something for for small, like a like a two plus a two plus one, and and it's it's not for a lot of money. You know, maybe you know in the low twenties is so you don't want to lowball him, but at the same time you don't want to like extend him and super max or max him um, because he's going to be thirty four, probably even more. He's going to be like thirty five, thirty six by the time he gets out of this contract if he if they do max him. So it's like, do you want to pay? a plus 30 year old you know 30 million plus dollars and it's like that's something that you know when when you still have Keldon that you got to resign you still have um Luca's going to come there and Lonnie's going to be there as well like so for me it's like if you're not going to invest in in bringing the proper personnel for DeMar I would probably just probably trade him and, and try to see what you can get now the problem with that again is he's on an expiring contract so people can wait until until the offseason and just say hey let me just you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll throw the season away and wait for DeMar to become a free agent and that way you know we can get him there and not have to give up any assets um but I think he's one of the most attractive free agents or at least one of the most attractive um trade assets right now if if the spurs were to say hey you know what we are fielding calls for them i think people could definitely use his services right now um and 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 also his leadership so you know i think if you can depending on what you can get he's he's way more valuable to it to bring in some pieces than than lamarcus or or rudy gay 
Yeah. So, so on Demar, you know, it it would. I I, I don't think it's going to happen where he get an extension within these next seven days. If he did get one, you know, it would tell me that I'd probably think it's about a, a two year extension. I don't think it would be going any go long go yeah. any longer than two years. Yeah. Uh, I also think that it it, sh- it shows that the team is is saying to themselves, okay, we've seen that these young guys, you know, they're just not ready. Even if we give them a full season next year, well, they still need someone to create create be that initiator. Well, then that's why that if again that's if they give them an extension these next seven days, I think that's why they they make it they they do it that way. However, if they don't, well. And I think that their approach is okay. Well, guess what? We're still a seven seed even with tomorrow. We're not that you know we're not that that good. We're not a top four team yet in the West. So you know even if, so if we send them now, we're not even guaranteed right now at this point that we can even get into the playoffs. You know the, the Spurs could just hit a losing streak. Something could happen with injuries and they could fall out. And so um you know maybe they go into the, the playoffs if they can get there and see you know how they finish this year. Are they very competitive and think that bringing Demar back in the offseason will, will can keep them there, or do they think hey let's just you know let him walk in free agency and then um you know give these young guys the keys and really make them have to, to have to be responsible for being the playmaker for all the playmaking going forward so again uh it wouldn't shock me if they did if they did extend him in these next few days but but again I, i'm i'm kind of expecting that, that they don't extend extend him and kind of and even by in the offseason like i said i think it's a good chance he comes back but but also you know he, he could end up um, walking just depending on on what the team sees and, and where they want to go in the future um, let's move on to our la- our last topic here, and this is just a quick um just a quick little um discussion on the on the thoughts on these slow starts that we talked about earlier. So um you know I I you, for for you and I on the outline there's like a, a visual, and I put this on Twitter on, on Paul Garcia NBA if, if Spurs cast listeners want to visit there, and I put the little table that Josh I mean uh, Josh that Mac and I are looking looking at here, and so we do see some some little themes here. You know, on offense in the in the first quarter, um you know, in pretty much all the quarters, offense is never a great uh thing for the Spurs in the in these quarters where um they're 24th in the first first quarter, 12th. Ranked in the second quarter, 18th in the third, uh, and then offensively in the fourth quarter, 20th. So again, the, the main consistent part is that they're not very good on offense uh, overall. Then on defense is where we see where this team really excels in certain quarters. Um, on in the first quarter, they're 28th ranked. Uh, then all of a sudden, in the second quarter, they're the best defense in, in that quarter. The third quarter, they go back to being the 26th ranked defense. Then in the fourth quarter. Um, they end up being the tenth, the tenth best defense, and again, these kind of tie into those themes that that Mac and I talked about, where you know they make these comebacks, and, and you see this a lot with, with the with the um, with with the, the some of the other, other data. You know, we, we know that on average, this team leads by twelve point three points in a game, but then on average, they also fall behind by twelve point five points. Uh, we see that they've led by ten in fifty four percent of their games, but they've also fallen behind by by ten in fifty nine percent of their games, and so um, you know. One unit that that Coach Pop wants to go to is is that new starting lineup of, of Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Demar Derozan, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. Now that group is doing very well in first quarters. Uh, they're a plus nine point three points per one hundred. However, it's very small sample size because of all the injuries early on to Derek. Then, of course, like you mentioned, um, uh, Mac with uh, the players getting COVID, or, uh, multiple players getting COVID. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, De- DeRozan's been out as well because of the, you know the death of a family member. Uh, so, so that unit actually is playing very well when they are together in the first quarter. But then in the third quarter, they they actually fall apart. As well, there are minus fourteen points per one hundred. And one interesting thing we saw in this last game against the Bulls was that uh, Coach Pop actually started Rudy Gay in the third quarter uh, against the Bulls, and then uh, he, then he brought Kelton Johnson back, uh, you know, off the bench in that game. And then of course Kelton got all the minutes in the fourth. But it was still an interesting move that, that he made uh, there. So so what do you what are some of your thoughts on these slow starts so far this year? Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier in the in the segment, um, I think it, it, it has to be attributed to the fact that that. The starts the starting lineup has been inconsistent. Um, you know they haven't had a consistent starting five 
I don't think ever <laughs> this entire season. So mm-hmm. it's just like, um, and obviously that that can attri- that attributes to to the first quarter in the opening frame where where it's just a, a stagnant offense in the very very beginning, or it's just a stagnant stagnant Spurs team in the very beginning because they're they're they gotta they gotta mesh with each other and that chemistry isn't there a hundred percent. And for the third quarter, I mean, I for me. As you know, whenever I used to play sports, which was a long time ago, <laughs> um, you would think that the third quarter would would be one of your best quarters because you you make your adjustments, you come out there refreshed, you have some time to breathe, um, and then you know the game plan. Like you guys see exactly what the other team is doing, and so you have a game plan of what you want to execute. And so for it to be one of the one of the worst quarters, <laughs> it's just it it, it makes. I mean, it's kind of frustrating, and that's why this whole inconsistent thing is. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to, to there's a lot of nuances that go on into why this team is is suffering or at least inconsistent as as what the data is showing. Um, and I mean, the, for for them to have like the number one ranked defense in the second quarter, and and them have a, the number one net rating in the second quarter, it's you can tell like that. They have that potential not to be number one, but the potential to be great on a consistent basis. And mm-hmm. overall, the data—that's what the data is showing—is like you, you can tell that if there's this trend that continues happening over and over and over and over and over again, you know that there that obviously that those are things that you need to work on. But you know, in between COVID, in between all the, um, especially all the traveling that they're doing within the next thirty, forty days, um, you know, the amount of games that they're playing, like all of that stuff comes back to them comes back to it still being inconsistent like whether it be their travel whether it be their their sleep schedule whether it be just the starting lineup it's just the inconsistency is just showing um in in the fact that the, this team is is still fairly new like um uh, playing with each other i mean keldon is what in his second third year or second, second year, year. Mm-hmm. uh you know lonnie is in his in his second his third year um mm-hmm. Uh, Dejounte is coming back from his ACL. Like he's one year removed from his ACL return. So last year he had his, he was back from his ACL, and so this year it's kind of like his full fledged, um, you know, year coming back. So he's getting into his game. And then Derek, unfortunately, he's had, you know, multiple injuries and dealing with COVID and stuff like that. So he's he's still kind of inconsistent in finding his stride. Um, and Pirtle started off really really slow, and and now he, you know he's he's showing his aggression, he's showing his confidence, and so it's. It's been really frustrating having you know these these ups and downs and inconsistencies with the team you know whether it's staying healthy or whether it's out you know for personal reasons. Um, I think all of that attributes to you know to this you know this we can see it in numbers what's going on and it's because of the fact that the team hasn't been complete 100% um, you know or hasn't had that 100% consistency that they can rely on you know these eight guys consistently every single night and um, it's tough. Yeah, and so like I, I think from from their approach to Spurs, I think they're going to continue to be patient and just see. You know, they want more games of more than five games of data to see exactly right. how the starting lineup does. And, and like you know, just they're going to continue this trend because we already know that Friday's game against the Cavs, DeRozan's going to be out again, so he won't even be back. So yep. so they'll probably start Lonnie again. It may be another slow start, but that's again that's not the lineup that Pop eventually wants to go to. I think that after like fifth, if they can get that group together for about fifteen games, and then they see that oh this is still the same picture, well then maybe they look at making a change and maybe it, it might be a player like Kelton 
going off the bench uh, and maybe bringing in Rudy or somebody else. I think that they might need a little bit more size there, and that's Absolutely. kind of what you saw from from from, uh, from Pop there. And Rudy's been one of the better defenders on this team this year, uh, and, and, and different metrics. So so again, I think that they're going to be patient for now. That you're still going to probably see the same theme where they're start, they start off slow, then they come back and and then um you know just basically like you said odd even odd quarters are bad for them, even quarters are good for them, and so we'll kind of see that that trend continue. And and again, we won't really see if if this they can make a big difference until DeRozan's actually able to join the team. And then you have to hope that everyone can stay 100% healthy because that's big, that's been another part. Like you mentioned, Derek's been out for, for a long time this year where he's barely gotten, I think, maybe like 12 games in this entire year. And so, so you know, they just got to try to stay away from that injury bug and, and just, you know, tr- try to remain as healthy as possible. And, and we'll see again w- what happens. But again, we, know, we do know that they have that capability of, of making those comebacks because it's happening. Only 5% of their games they haven't been able to, where they haven't either been up or been down by 10. So, so it's kind of been a, a pretty consistent theme here for this team. All right, so for before we wrap up, uh, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. SpursCast listeners, uh, make sure you're visiting us uh, after each game. Steven Anderson continues to provide his analysis uh, with his recaps. Um, ben Bornstein continues to uh, get ready for the draft with the Spurs prospect watch, and we do know that the March Madness is on right now. Uh, his latest piece is over Herb Jones. And then, of course, with the uh, trade deadline now seven days away, we'll continue to, to write up any kind of rumors we hear or, or things like that and, and get, get you all prepared for that uh, in the event that the Spurs uh, do make a trade. So thanks again to Mac for joining me here on the SpursCast and to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.